listening to the podcast Advertising Playbook, your resource to better understand and execute successful podcast ad campaigns. Hello and welcome to the podcast Advertising Playbook. I'm your host, Heather Osgood. And today on the program, I have Lindsay Chakama. She is the CEO and co-founder of Casted. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Heather. It's really good to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you. So I honestly do not know a ton about Casted. So I'm super excited to have you on the show today because I feel like I've got like a glimpse into what you guys do, but I really want to dig in more to understand your product. But before we get there, I'm really curious how you ended up in the podcast space. Oh yeah, I'll tell you. So my background is in B2B marketing. So I spent 15 years as a marketer, you know, and kind of every, every type of different role, every type of different industry. I was always in B2B marketing, um, specifically in kind of brand and content, but worked in a lot of advertising agencies and, um, corporate and boutique companies and just everything in between my last role before starting cast it, I was leading a global brand and content team for an enterprise SaaS business. And as part of that started a podcast. Uh, I saw it as a really great way to, I mean, it's, a, I, I, I do a podcast company. This is a podcast about podcasting. It doesn't get a whole lot more meta about this. So I don't have to convince you or your <laughs> listeners, like how, how big of a deal podcasting is. And I knew that then, and I really wanted to do it then. So I was all pumped up and, and launched this thing, but really quickly, um, as I, as probably you and, and some of your listeners have also encountered, I got really frustrated that I, I couldn't do more with the content. Like once it was a podcast, it was just kind of in this little black box of like, this is a podcast, put it out there as a podcast. It stays a podcast. And I didn't have a whole lot of metrics, like number of downloads just wasn't going to cut it for conversations I was having with my CMO and my CEO about how and why we should be spending very precious time and dollars on this podcast. So Fast forward uh, after we were doing kind of trying to figure out as much as we could manually and get as much out of it as we could manually, I set out to be the change I wanted to see and to ultimately build a company that could deliver some of those metrics that mattered to me as a marketer, that could tell me more about engagement, that could tell me more, not about just how many were engaging or downloading the content, but who, who they were, what brands they belonged with, making it more actionable by sales, um, proving its value to the business. And so there we go. That's how Casted began about four years ago. That's awesome. I love it when I hear people that have ideas and it's not just an idea, but it's something that you actually take action on. So congratulations. Cause I think everyone out there is always, you know, says things like, oh, we should start this business or this is a need or that's a need, but so few people actually take action and go and create it. So kudos to you for that. It's awesome. Thanks. And I'm curious to know more about the program. So obviously you just talked about the needs, the kind of pain points that you experienced as a podcaster, especially in that B2B space, but tell mm-hmm. us more about what the product is today and kind of what your key features are. Sure. Yeah. So where Tacit exists right now today is once your show is created, um, you've got it launched out into the world. Or if you you need help creating it, we have lots of partners that specialize in that. So you have a show, right? How are you going to get it out into the world? How are you going to publish it? How are you going to syndicate it? Get it to Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all the things. And this is audio and video too. That's where we step in. So um, you publish it, you host it through Casted, and then we give you tons of ways to what we say is amplify that content. So 
through transcription and clipping and audiograms and videograms and landing pages and all these ways that you can use that content to be atomized and amplified across other channels and really expand its reach far beyond just a podcast. Like it can fuel your social media and your email and your blogs and your website and your sales your sales materials. So that's one. And then we provide analytics and metrics about how that show's performing, how the content within the show's performing, how different keywords and topics are resonating with your audience. We integrate with different tools and platforms that marketers use, your marketing automation platform, your CRM, different ways that you can access that content and make it usable across other channels and other departments. And then ultimately we do provide information about, Hey, here are the people who are listening to your content. Here are the people who are engaging. Here are the brands who seem to be interested in what you're doing and can push that through into CRM to make it again, actionable by sales, actionable by your CX team, um, and really meaningful to your marketing team to say, Hey, this is how this content is impacting the brand this is how it is actually impacting, you know, funnel and pipeline and, and revenue. Um, so that's, that's what all happens in casted. So it's everything that happens after your show is produced, we publish it, syndicate it, create a great experience across multiple channels and analytics that really matter over time. And I should also mention lots of ways to go back and repurpose content that you already have, which mm-hmm. now more than ever is super, super important as marketers are feeling really crunched. Um, got to use that content that you already have. So Right. That all happens in casted. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So the piece that is most intriguing to me is certainly the analytics piece and who Mm -hmm. is listening. Since I've been in the podcast space for over seven years now, that is the question that I feel like we get again and again. And podcasting for me lives somewhere between traditional media and digital media where it feels often like it should be digital, but we don't have enough information to really kind of push it over the edge. So I'm really, I'm intrigued by this idea that you get a better picture of who is actually listening to the podcast, because as marketers, we want to know, we need to know who is actually consuming this content. And as you said, traditional, you know, kind of hosting platforms say, oh, you got this many downloads and they came in these places around the world. Oh, because the United States is a darker purple, that must mean that your audience (laughs) is really big there, right? Like it's just so, so little information. So I'm, I'm curious how you're able to gather this information Mm -hmm. and um, like how deep is it? So we're able to see where these listeners are working, which is, you know, really amazing, especially Mm -hmm. from a B2B perspective, right? Being able to say, I'm creating this podcast. The whole purpose of it is to speak to this audience. And oh, by the way, all of these, you know, people that work at these organizations are consuming this content, which Mm -hmm. means it's a win for us. But tell us a little bit more about the analytics piece. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a ton there. So you're totally right in that it feels kind of like traditional, but also new media. And that was really frustrating to me in my past life when I was like, well, this is really meaningful stuff that we're doing. Why is it that I know more about, you know, my blog and my white paper consumers than, than my podcast? Like this is insane. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's part of this is, is how can we democratize this data and make it at the very least more apples to apples with what you get for other marketing Mm -hmm. channels, right? Like 
that yes exactly in the world <laughs> like this whole thing is digital like how is it possible so that's that's where we started from day one is you know i'm a b2b marketer we need to make this for b2b marketers to specifically answer the questions that they need that are fundamental to their job and to maintaining retaining and possibly even growing the budget um, and their jobs at these companies, like what we're doing, how can I prove that what we're doing matters? Right. Mm. That's the why, um, yes, about how and what it is. So we're able to provide different layers of information based on, uh, some, some different factors. So at the very least we meet at parity with a lot of the other hosts of like number of downloads and, you know, how many people are coming and going and where are they coming from and where are they consuming that content? So that's, that's table stakes at this point, which is great. And then next layer down from there is okay depending on where these people are consuming and 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 who they are and what they what we know about them we can tell you as a casted user what brands what accounts um, that are represented by individuals who are consuming content are engaging with your content so where do these people work you know 10 people from IBM are listening to your content we actually had a, a funny story where uh, one of our CSMs looked into casted insights as we call it for one of our customers and said, Hey, did you know that the Swiss postal service seems to be really, really interested in your content? Isn't that funny? And they were like, Oh my gosh, that's a big account. Like that's a big deal for us. And they get really excited and they could take action on it. So things like that. And that has to do with IP address and understanding, um, being able to triangulate, okay, who are you? So very similar to like the pod sites. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's lots of different ways to kind of look at it, but mm -hmm. we're able to provide as much information as possible about what brands are interested in your content and then what they're also interested in. So it's not just, Hey, they're listening, but it's like, what are they listening to? What are they watching? What keywords are they interested in? What clips and key takeaways are they interested in? So as a marketer, you can say, okay, this is the content that I'm putting out. These are the, the key themes and you know keywords that I'm putting out. Is it resonating one? And if it is, who is it resonating with? Mm -hmm. Right. Because if it's resonating with the wrong audience, you know, if I only have a hundred people listening to my podcast, but it's the right 100 people, that's completely different than a million of the wrong people. Right. Absolutely. So that's another one. And then next layer down, I, I mentioned that we integrate with CRM. So if you are consuming the content, this is like the most nitty gritty. If you're consuming content on the casted page, um, that's created through casted and you're in the CRM already, we can actually give all kinds of information about like, you know, Heather was listening to this podcast and these are, you know, this is the last time she engaged and this is when she listened and what she listened to and how she engaged with it and how often she listens based on that CRM information. And we push that all into CRM as well. So it's, it's varying layers depending on who it is mm -hmm. and how they engage. So I want to understand the piece about pushing to the CRM, because I think that that's really fascinating. Mm -hmm. So to break that down further, what you're saying is, does that listener's information have to exist in the CRM already? So I presume since I get a bazillion sales emails every day that my contact information is probably <laughs> in a lot of CRMs out there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so essentially what Casted is able to do is say, hey, I see that Heather listened to this and now I see that, oh, this HubSpot already has Heather's contact information. So I'm going to now push it into your CRM. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's, if they're consuming through the casted, um, instance, right. But yeah, if you're already a known contact in the mm -hmm. CRM mm -hmm. and we'll pro provide that information right into CRM. So that makes mm -hmm. it actionable. Yeah. Not only by mm -hmm. marketing, but also by sales. Like if mm -hmm. you are 
um, a key account for me as a salesperson. And I know that you are, you know, your engagement in my podcast is just lighting up. And maybe as yours lights up, other people across your company starts to light up as well. That becomes a pretty hot opportunity for me and I can take action accordingly. And I don't have to, as a salesperson, interact with marketing or come ask marketing or look at a spreadsheet from marketing. It's right there in the CRM that I work in every day anyway. And we actually have notifications. So as someone consumes our podcast, it shows up in Slack. Like, Mm. hey, you know, Heather from your native was listening to the podcast and listened to, you know, 89% of it. And it was this morning. And so that's just a really nice way to bridge the gap between sales and marketing. And man, I, I'm very familiar with that gap as a career marketer. It's, it's a big one and anything you can do to make it really, really easy for sales to take action on what marketing is doing to drive real movement, uh, in pipeline. That's a win. We don't have to sell anyone here on the value of podcasts because we all know it's value, but let's just take a couple minutes to do it because it's it's just a lot of fun, right? But I feel like with, with the podcast advertising playbook, a big part of the reason that I created this show is to have great conversations with people who are already advertising in podcasts or companies or brands who are like, oh gosh, I'm really interested, but I don't understand exactly how it works. They can listen to the podcast. They can get a really good view of what podcast advertising looks like. And then when we reach out to have a conversation, it's not a cold conversation anymore. It's mm-hmm. so warm. And I feel like it's it's so powerful. And for a company, in my opinion, not to have a podcast is a little bit crazy because right? it does so much. And it's, it's this peek behind the curtain where you have this deeper conversation that others can listen to. And it's as though they know you on Mm -hmm. a much better, deeper level than text, right? It's like you can read, granted, I am an auditory learner. So (laughs) that speaks to me well. That makes sense. That, you know, that helps. But reading a white paper, yeah, I'm going to say like, wow, that company maybe is spot on. They know what they're doing. I see the value they bring. But there's this emotional engagement piece that happens with audio and with video that just doesn't happen with other forms of content that are being created. And that's why it's so powerful. So what you're saying is being able to then identify, I mean, right now, like for a podcast like ours, we have to wait until we make that outreach. And then someone comes back and says, oh yeah, I know who you are. I listen to your podcast, right? Um, Which is a win, right? That's, you're excited about that. But what happens when we reach out to people who we know are listening to the podcast, there is this, this warming that has happened already. And that sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And while you were saying that, I just opened up, I wanted to get the stats right. Um, BBC did a study about podcasting. I don't know if you've seen this yet. It was a couple of years ago, but it was about the effectiveness. It's like what you and I have known in our guts. They actually did a neuroscience study on it that was like, that actually found that organizations with podcasts from those podcasts see 89% higher brand awareness, 89%, 57% higher brand consideration, 24% higher brand favorability, 14% higher purchase intent, and 16% higher engagement. I mean, like, 
And that's, it is, it works. And uh, part of the study went on to say, and then I looked at a few other things too, that that's because it's, it's not just you. It's not just me. It's not just something that we think it's actually real that podcasting in particular, and yes, absolutely video, but there's something special about podcasting that the way it's consumed quite often when we are driving, riding our bike, mowing lawn, you know, doing laundry, exercising, it's that passive consumption of content that does actually hit different in your brain. And because it feels like you are listening in on a conversation, your brain actually feels more trust because of how it's consuming the content. Like, and that's real, that's science. So there, there is something here that this medium works. It builds trust. Mm-hmm. It's more authentic and it, it just creates that craved for human connection that people really want. And especially when they're, when they're thinking about brands, like now more than ever, I think people really want to trust the brands that they, that they work with and Mm -hmm. podcasting does that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is fascinating. I do not think I have seen that study. I'll send it to you. Yes. Yes. That's pretty incredible because it, like you said, it takes all of these things that we know at a gut level and puts them at a scientific level. Mm -hmm. And there is something just so powerful hearing something. And for me, I feel like it all goes back to the mental image that your brain is creating. When you're given something, your brain doesn't have to work, right? It's just, it's so easy for it to be there. So your brain isn't working. But when you're listening to something, the entire time you're listening, your brain is processing that and it's, it's really embedding it in there deeply. So, 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 Mm -hmm. so fascinating. So I'm curious, as we've seen more restrictions on privacy and, you know, the whole cookies going away and all these fun things, do you think that is going to impede the progress of us understanding our audiences and how, how do you plan to attack that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I believe that it's just going to make us prioritize actual human connection all the more right? So there is no silver bullet. There is no, you know, like we've all known for years, like the fast way to something is usually not the right way. It's usually not like, sure, you might be able to achieve whatever it is cheaper, faster, easier, but it usually in the long run doesn't yield the best results. And so whatever um, we see with regulations tomorrow or 10 years from now, ultimately, the uh, same goes for like SEO and Google and algorithms. And it's all ultimately for the good of the actual human being at the other side, right? Absolutely. How do we serve them with things that they actually want to, mm-hmm. to, to enrich their lives, to be entertained with or uh, excited about or educated by? And so if we continue to prioritize that and say, how can I provide, whether it's content or advertising or messaging for my audience? If you prioritize, like, how can I actually resonate with them? And yeah, there's going to be different ways we need to do that as rules and regulations change. But if that's the priority, you'll get there, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's the companies that, the companies, the brands, the people that prioritize the cheaper, faster, easier that are going to be the most frustrated because that that those are the ones that the changes in algorithms and regulations and laws impact the most is because the entire point is to get to the finish line faster as opposed to building human connection. And so Mm -hmm. 
that's what we've, you know, casted. That's what we've been trying to build around for, from day one is like, how can we build with, with thoughtfulness and protection and um, respect of privacy and respect of the human, but also deliver data to casted users Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, here's, here's how we think that people are engaging and actually want to learn more from you. And of course, again, that changes exactly what that looks like that changes over time as we advance Mm -hmm. and as you know rules change but i think that if that's ultimately your why and your priority it's it's gonna be it's gonna be okay yeah yeah no i i think that that's a really great perspective one of the things that has frustrated me for a long time is because of the audio nature of podcasting it feels like we often get penalized when you think about setting up a social media account or even an account with spotify when you're signing up you're essentially saying you can have anything you want from me right i will give you access to all of my privacy, please come and get it. Um, And in that fine print, when you say, yes, I accept these terms, you're giving it all away. But Mm -hmm. when you listen to a podcast, there isn't a box to check to say, please follow me and tell me things, you know? So it feels very frustrating because it doesn't feel apples to apples oftentimes. And I know that I've had conversations with others in the industry, and it would be amazing if we could get to a place where the podcast players themselves said, when you're signing up to use this app, you're signing up for us to have more access. And Mm -hmm. and I think to your point, it is about human connection and is about what is best for the human. And um, yesterday I was at a presentation where we were you know, all talking about AI and mm-hmm. the presenter. I'm going to one next week. <laughs> well, and the presenter <laughs> was like, it's taking over, right? He yeah. essentially said that the internet changed things dramatically. The iPhone changed things dramatically. COVID changed things dramatically. And AI is going to change things dramatically very quickly. And so, you know, things are going to be happening and, and they, as they always are, but I mm-hmm. think that there is this acceleration point that is happening and we do want to be respectful of people's privacy. Like we get that, but also from a marketer's perspective, I feel mm-hmm. that I would much prefer to hear ads for products that I actually am interested in right. instead of a, another cholesterol medication or diabetes medication when I don't have diabetes, right? Like I don't need to be marketed to for this product. But so I guess um, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, but I also really, I would love it if as an industry podcasts could essentially have access to all of the rich data that is out there in every other form. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. I, I love that. There's, there's so much there. Um, <laughs> I know. Sorry. That was a bit. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And it's, it's, I love where you're coming from at with it too. And I'm, it's funny cause I'm, I'm going to, um, be on a panel about AI and chat GPT and all this stuff literally on Monday. So it is everywhere. And my stance is, and always been, and, um, and to not sound like a broken record, like it truly, it's about the human. So Jay Akunzo, if you don't know who Jay Akunzo is, anybody that like go find out, cause he's pretty great. But he, he said something like, if you're worried about a bot taking your job, stop thinking like a bot, right? Like the one thing that humans have that is completely irreplaceable is that we're human. Like Mm -hmm. 
you know, we think and we feel, and we have preferences and emotions and we connect with each other. And so again, as a marketer, if like we have the, the privilege and the opportunity to get really creative in how we can connect with each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much fear as there always is with, with change, but there's so much opportunity with, with all of this technology that's emerging to exactly what you said, like, how can we better serve? How can we get better? How can we, and and we ask ourselves questions at, at CAST about this too. Like, how can we, whether it's next cycle in the roadmap or, you know, five years from now, leverage what's, what's happening to be better, to serve mm-hmm. our customers and, and help them better serve their audience, uh, audiences with more of what they actually want. Like how, how can we use this data to, to make things better and to make experiences better? And like you, I would love to, to be served up with content and ads for products that would actually make my life better and like be really exciting to me and really helpful and I really think we're getting there. That data mm-hmm. exists. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. That's the frustrating part. It does. exists. And what I've learned in this world is that as frustrating as it may be for companies like us, like that data exists and it's just not available yet. Um, and we pass through as much as we possibly can. But a lot of it, like it's, I think it's coming. I think, mm-hmm. you know, some of the the really, really big companies like Spotify and and Apple, they know. Mm-hmm. They know. And I am hopeful and I'm optimistic that it will be used for good. Yeah. I, yes. Same. And to serve, especially, I mean, this is advertising and, and this is more me as a consumer, as an, I'm an observer because Casta doesn't really at this moment get into advertising, but like knowing what I know, like it's, it's exciting. And I think, I think especially for advertisers, the opportunity to leverage podcasting more and more, I mean, things are changing mm-hmm. minute by minute, seemingly mm-hmm. to be more and more accurate with what ads you can place, where you can place them and who you can reach and how you know, whether or not you're reaching them. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a really exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other elements of Casta that I really like is the search feature that has long been an issue, I I believe. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I find it really fascinating because right now we don't have the capability of being able to uh, see, I don't think, uh, transparently enough where our listeners are consuming the content and the types of, of content that they like or are listening more to. Obviously, going back to the downloads, we can say, oh, well, this episode that talked about this topic received more downloads, but yeah. that is more anecdotal and not real proof of what people are actually interested in. So mm-hmm. I am really curious about that piece as well. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how? how how you are able to figure out what people are actually listening to? Yeah. So um, what we've done is, again, thinking like a B2B marketer from day one, it's, it's, it hasn't been, how can we do, how can we build a podcast platform? It's how can we build a B2B marketing platform that's all built around podcasting, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, specifically talking about search and then search that's enriched with data, that was just a no-brainer to me and to us as we were building this. It's like, I can go and I can search through the text-based marketing content and understand what's performing and what's not and what keywords are working, what's not. And who, like, I know all this stuff. Like, why can't I know this about podcasts? So we've, Mm -hmm. we've kind of chipped away at that, you know, piece by piece over the last four years. And again, I can go back and if if we're going to do a content series about blue pens, like 
I'm holding a blue pen for anybody who's just listening. <laughs> we can do a whole series about blue pens and I can search through all of my written content to see any mention that I've ever had about blue pens and what customer quotes I might have and how we save somebody, you know, a billion dollars because of blue pens. Like I, I have all of that in my written content. I didn't have any of that in my audio or video content. Like you can't mm-hmm. search it unless it was tagged or titled as such. But what if, you know, you and I had a conversation eight years ago on a podcast and it was all about, you know, digital marketing, but there was something really, really impactful that you said about blue pens that would have been lost and gone forever. But because everything is searchable and casted, I can resurrect that and I can repurpose it and reuse it regardless of what my budget is, regardless of what's happening in the economy. Like I already have that content Mm -hmm. and I can reuse it right now. Mm -hmm. And then to your point about, okay, next layer on top of that, I can go back and search through my existing content for again, blue pens. And I can say, great, here's all the different, I have like 10 different clips and key takeaways about blue pens. Who did it resonate with? Um, what other related keywords were valuable in those conversations? How do they perform? Because we do have that layer of information, casted insights and other engagement data about all of that content. So when mm-hmm. we can simply just do the job of what a marketing brain typically does and says, okay, I have I have all this content. Now I'm going to go back and correlate and triangulate like how it's performing. We just try to do that for the marketer Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, here's what you got. Here's how it's performed. Go with it and repurpose and reuse it as you can, um, to drive even more value. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I, I do think that's one issue that we have in content creation, right? Is it's like you created something amazing, but then it just gets lost because, content creation is this massive machines and especially Mm -hmm. larger companies, right? Where you've got whole teams of people creating content, being able to sift through and find, oh, that's the bit that I want to make this point or to back up this um, is so difficult. So it's really cool that you guys were able to integrate that piece because I, I, I see a ton of value in that. Thanks. And we're also finding that like a lot of our customers, one is actually doing a little research on it now that I hope that we'll be able to share some information about it, but is let's say you're writing a blog post and you about, okay, blue pens, and you go back and you find a couple of clips. So that will not only inform the writer and say, okay, here's some information that Mm -hmm. you can use as a resource. But if you embed that clip in the blog post, we have a theory that it'll actually perform better because of Google preferences for it's not only written content, but it's also, you know, embedded audio and video content as well. Because again, it serves the human. It's more right. interesting for the human to not only have something to read, but also to something to engage in. So yeah, yeah. So fascinating. So I'm curious as we're wrapping it up here, what are some of your predictions for the podcast space? I feel like we obviously just touched a little bit on chat GPT and AI. And <laughs> in some ways I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen to the podcast space in the next five years. Um, but I'm curious what your predictions are. Yeah. Well, specifically around advertising, I think that we are going to see a lot more data available Mm -hmm. um, because as we just talked about, like it's there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the days of podcasting, it it just being okay, that podcasting is kind of in the stone ages and that, you know, well, it's podcasting, you don't get great data and you don't really know who's listening. I think that that being okay and kind of justified and just 
the status quo, I think that those are coming to an end, if not over. Mm-hmm. Um, there's enough data available and people know that it's available, um, that there's enough demand for more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's, I, I, I think that that's coming mm-hmm. and the ability to be more accurate and creative and personalized with both the content and with advertising will be much better. And I think mm-hmm. it'll get a lot more fun too, mm-hmm. because when you know exactly who you're talking to and how they're engaging, again, it all comes back to the human, like the job of the marketer, the job of the advertiser. It's a lot more fun because you can be a lot more targeted. So, right. right. Yeah. 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 I love it. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks if people me. want to connect with you, where is a good place for them to find you? Well, they can find Casted at casted.us. And then I engage most often in LinkedIn. So if you can figure out how to spell my name, um, you can find me there. (laughs) Awesome. And obviously we will have your name in the show notes. So people can find the spelling there, but thank you for being on the program. It was a great conversation. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode as much as I have. If you want to learn more about podcast advertising and some of the wonderful things happening in the podcast industry, head on over to heatherosgood.com and we will catch you again next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast advertising playbook, your source to a better understanding of the podcast advertising industry.